Well, thank you, choir and other musicians for helping get us in the mood for worship this morning. Really appreciate that. Also wanted to uh, say thank you to the other Reverend McLaughlin Eller, who was up here earlier helping with uh, prayers and worship leadership. I appreciate um, April's help with that this morning. Um, so on this day, um, we always celebrate um, the continuation of Christmas. So the Christmas is a season, not just a single day, and so we are here to acknowledge the continuation of that story. Um, we'll be reading this morning from uh, the second chapter of Matthew. If you'd like to follow along, I encourage you to uh, turn to your own hymnal. I'll actually be reading from the uh, Contemporary English Bible, so it might be a little different than whatever version you have, but hope that you'll feel free to follow along if you'd like to do that. When the Magi had departed, an angel from the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod will soon search for the child in order to kill him. Joseph got up and, during the night, took the child and his mother to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod died. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I have called my son out of Egypt. When Herod knew the Magi had fooled him, he grew very angry. He sent soldiers to kill all the children in Bethlehem and in all the surrounding territory who were two years old and younger, according to the time that he had learned from the Magi. This fulfilled the word spoken through Jeremiah the prophet. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and much grieving, Rachel weeping for her children, and she did not want to be comforted because they were no more. After King Herod died, an angel from the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said, and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. Those who were trying to kill the child are dead. Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus ruled over Judea in place of his father Herod, Joseph was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he went to the area of Galilee. He settled in a city called Nazareth so that what was spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of God for the people of God. So Merry Christmas. As we come together on this fifth day of Christmas, it seems appropriate to remember that the Christmas season begins on Christmas Day and continues for 12 days, just like the song, to end just before Epiphany. And so we continue to celebrate the gift of Christmas today. As Advent and Christmas drew closer this year, I was struck by the practice of gift giving we engage in at this time of year. For many of us, we celebrate the birth of Jesus by sharing gifts with family and friends. We do this to symbolically commemorate the gift that God has given to the world that we celebrate at Christmas, the gift of Jesus. Over the course of Advent and Christmas, we reflect on the ways in which this gift that God has given us is a gift of hope and peace, of love and joy. But as I approached the season this year, I had an additional thought. As Christians, we are members of the body of Christ. So I began to ponder the question, 
How do we continue to offer the gift that is Jesus to the rest of the world? This first Sunday of Christmas is one of my favorites. On this particular Sunday, rather than looking at the birth of Jesus, we usually wind up with some story from the life of Jesus, sometime between the birth and and his baptism. And it's a good reminder that Jesus did actually have a life in there. That he wasn't just born and then suddenly appeared in the wilderness. He, He grew up. He lived. And this is a point made humorously in the movie Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. You see, whenever he prays, Ricky Bobby always prays to the baby Jesus. And at one point, his wife stops him to say, you know, that's a little weird. You always pray to baby Jesus. And in one of the more profound theological insights ever found in a comedy, he tells her that when she prays, she can pray to grown-up Jesus or to teenage Jesus, but his favorite is Jesus as a baby. See, it's a good reminder that Jesus was born and then he grew up. He grew up as part of a family. He went through all the growing pains that we do. He faced all the uncertainties of getting older that we do. Before he started his official ministry in the world, there was something that took place between being born and appearing in the wilderness. It's a good reminder that God came into the world to be with us. Not just in a miraculous birth, not just as a wise teacher. God became flesh, lived a life just like we do. And so here on this first Sunday after Christmas, we get a story from, from Jesus' life that reminds us that his life was full of the many of the uncertainties that we all face in our own lives. This year, we get a particularly stark reminder of the difficulties that Jesus faced in his life. Apparently, not everyone was overjoyed with the pronouncements from heaven that God was coming into the world. Not everyone was excited to learn of the birth of the Messiah of God with us, of Emmanuel. After the pronouncements of the angel, after the visit by the shepherds, after the magi from the east, God's gift to the world was threatened. King Herod, who had initially learned of Jesus' birth when the magi stopped to ask for directions, which, let's be honest, Maybe this proves they weren't just men from the east. Maybe there were some women in there who said, you know, we've got to stop and ask for directions. But he was extremely upset to hear that a new king was being announced. After all, he was king, at least in name. And he was responsible for governing this region and keeping the peace. He could not have his reign put in jeopardy or risk a civil war if people started to turn to this new king. 
So just as Emperor Palpatine in the Star Wars universe knew that any children Anakin Skywalker had would be a threat to him, King Herod knew that a Messiah would be a threat to his own rule. After realizing that the Magi had failed to return to him and tell him exactly where this child could be found, Herod just ordered the execution of all the children aged two and under in that region. He wanted to make sure that he killed the right one before he could have a chance to become a threat. But God remains faithful to the promises that God has made. An angel appears to Joseph to tell him that the family is in danger and that they should go to Egypt until the threat has passed. Just as Luke and Leo were hidden from Emperor Palpatine to keep them safe, the holy family gets up and travels to another country when their lives are threatened so that they can hide and remain safe from the threat of King Herod. God is faithful even when there are threats to the promise. God is faithful even in the midst of our lack of faith. God is faithful even when we turn our backs on God. God still fulfills the promise of grace and mercy even in the face of threats of violence and death. Thankfully, Joseph responds with faith and trust of his own. I mean, it can't be easy for him. Let's think about the position that he's in. I mean, we're told he was a righteous man. Tradition tells us that he was also an older man. He's engaged to be wed to a young woman, but she becomes pregnant before they've even been together. And then an angel tells him that, hey, this child was conceived by the Holy Spirit and will be the promised Savior that they were all waiting for, that the prophets had spoke of. This child's birth will be the fulfillment of God's promise to be with us. Can you just imagine being in his place? Can you imagine what thoughts must have gone through his head as he tried to wrestle with what all of this means. And yet, he has faith in God. He remains with Mary to raise the child as his own. And when another angel appears to tell him of the threat, he does as he is told and he flees to another country to protect his family from violence to protect them and keep them safe. We aren't told how long they remained there, only that they remained until they heard that King Herod had died. Joseph's faith and trust in God protects their family, protects Jesus, keeps him safe from those who would kill him as a child. And sometime after King Herod died, Another angel appears to Joseph to let him know the threat has passed. They should now return to Israel. And again, displaying his faith in God's promises, Joseph takes the family and returns with them to Israel, settling in the area of Nazareth. 
through this continuation of the Christmas story, we see the gift of God's faithfulness. And we see the faithful response of Joseph. Joseph's actions protect God's gift to the world, supporting that promise of salvation for all people. Which brings us full circle to the question that I carried with me as I approached Advent and Christmas this year. How do we as the church, the continuing body of Christ in this world, continue to give the gift of Jesus to the world? In this case, how do we continue to give the gift of faith to the world? How are we example of faithfulness to God's promise? And just as importantly, how are we part of God's faithfulness to the rest of the world? This is what it means to be followers of Jesus. This is what it means to be the body of Christ. When the world sees us, they should see Jesus. They should see the one who came into this world, lived a human life, and shows, it what, shows us what it means to be in relationship with God and with each other. When the world sees us, they should see God's love and mercy and grace for the world. When the world sees us, they should see peace and hope and joy. Is this what the world sees when they see us? Does the world see the body of Christ, the church, as a gift from God to the rest of the world? When we trust in God's promises and continue the ministry of Jesus, the world can see the light of Christ shining through us. When we feed the hungry and heal the sick, we show the world what the gift of Jesus looks like. When we repent of our selfishness and love each other as God loves us, the world sees the evidence of God's gift to the world. As I approached this season this year with this idea of God's gift centered in my mind, I thought of the hymn, What Gift Can We Bring? This song is often sung in response to the offering, but it seemed particularly fitting as I approached the season this year. What gift can we bring? What can we possibly ever say or do that is enough to fully convey how we feel for this gift that we have been given? What response can we give to the gift that God has given to us? At the same time, we have faith that whatever tomorrow brings, the promised word of God remains with us, continuing to guide us, continuing to show us God's love and mercy. And so we rest in God's keeping and live in God's love. We continue to give the gift of Jesus to the rest of the world. We continue to make God's gifts of hope, peace, joy, love, grace, and faithfulness present to a world that is in need of all of those things. We show the world that lives lived in faithfulness to God what those lives can look like. 
Like the mercy and the love flows from God. The promises are fulfilled. The salvation that is ours to have. God remains faithful to us. And through our faith, may the rest of the world know that as well.